Thank you for visiting Discontinued On Display. We are so happy you have joined us. At this time, we ask you a few small favors. Please remain with your tour guide at all times. Please refrain from eating or drinking while you're inside the exhibit and uh, what's that? Is that a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's Discontinued On Display. wonderful heroic episode of discontinued on display i of course am matt as always joined by the wonderful chris corrigan hello and uh we we discovered this musical last week yeah and uh decided why waste time why getting waste into time? it? let's yes. talk about it so, um you know what i have to say you know what musical we did discover and i still haven't done research on <laughs> Miss Hannigan's Revenge. I swear to God, I will. Every freaking week I tell myself I'm going to, and I never do until I'm looking you dead in the eyes, and I go, well, here we are. Um, when we first write about this, I mean, this, I, I'm going to say, I think this one's kind of breaking the norm of what we were talking about, but yeah. at the same time, it was too ridiculous not to talk about. So excuse the fact that, like, it lasted for, what, like three months? Yeah, it lasts for three months, but it does fall into the category of, at the time, like, it was Broadway's biggest flop. It was uh, nominated for Tony Awards, though. Yes, yeah, like, and and um, uh, has a very recognizable song. Uh, uh, I Had just, you heard I, it before? I, when I, when I looked it up, I was like, oh, yep. I, I I know this song. I hadn't, I had to, I had to, I YouTubed it, and it sounded a little bit like, um... What hold on, what is this song called? I'm like I can hear it in my head and I can't think of the lyrics. You'll be is it you'll be great? No. What the heck was this song called? Do you you do the, not remember? The the song? Yes. It's You've Got Possibilities. Thank you. You've got possibilities. It reminded me almost musically a little bit of a song from Elf the Musical called uh oh gosh, it's like Christmas Always Gets in the Way. It's like okay. the intro to it, like the the rhythm of it felt very similar, but that's the only reason I feel like I would have heard it. But I had never heard You've Got Possibilities before. Yeah, the reason that I heard it is because it was used on the Pillsbury commercials in 2005, and I apparently watched more TV when I was 15. Well, you and, were always uh, watching the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I was watching... watch. I, I did watch a lot of TV when I was 15. And the thing with sports, I, I've said this before, I believe, on the pod. When you watch sports, you see the same ads, like, over and over and over again, because it's the same sponsors. So I must have been watching a sport that was sponsored by Pillsbury or something like that. And I was fascinated when, like, the <clears throat> the internet was like, yeah, this song was big in clubs and, like, nightclubs. And I was like, yeah. really? <laughs> I think more like not like nightclub of like get out your glow sticks and grind up on people. I but think this would was... be from the this would be from the seventies, so it would be their version of that. And now it's different, but it's still the same. Like there's a song there. It's not the first time that's happened. There's a musical. It's my probably my second favorite musical 
um, and it's called um, La Cage aux Faux. And there's a movie based off of the musical called The Birdcage. Um, but there's a song in the musical uh, called I Am What I Am that okay. was recorded later uh, by singer Shirley Basie, I think is, I think that's her last name. I can picture her and I can picture what I think is her name. She's the woman who sings Goldfinger. Like that's one of the big oh, yeah, reasons yeah, she's yeah, famous. Yeah. Um, but she sang a version that like got disco remixed. Oh, hardcore. Okay. And I am what I am is like a very passionate, beautiful ballad about just being yourself um, and being true to who you are, no matter what the outside world says. So like stranger things have happened, but I I've never heard you've got possibilities uh, before. Yeah. yeah. I think it, it very much like a lounge singer type thing. I think it, mm-hmm. it but yeah, that, that is the one song that has kind of transcended it all. So um, this was, um, uh, uh, 1966 musical, um, and of course based on the. Hang on. Ah, good sneeze there that I oh. muted my microphone for. <laughs> you know, really fast. I don't think we said the formal name of this musical. Oh yes, the formal name. Please, Chris, give it the formal name. It's um. <clears throat> there's two. Ver- Some people say uh that its formal name has quotations around it, and others say it doesn't. But the musical's title was "It's a Bird, It's a Plane." It's Superman. That that is a mouthful. Like let's <laughs> uh, how how many people do you think just called it the Superman musical? Oh, everybody, I'm sure. Did. <laughs> Absolutely everybody. Um uh, yeah, now yeah. you can go into what you were saying about this 1966 spectacular. Yes, so I'm um, composed by Tr- Charles Struess. Strauss, I'm assuming it is Struess. Um and uh so he uh let's see. What did, what what did he do? Um, oh, he did a lot of stuff. Um, wow, he he did quite a lot of things. Anyway, oh, he did Bye Bye Birdie. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. No, no, he also did Annie. Like, <laughs> why didn't I research Miss Hannigan for this one? The person <laughs> who I was the most taken, I love Bye Bye Birdie. That's in my top 10. Um, but the reason I was really taken and the person I actually, like, dived into because i was like wait, is that who I think it is? Is how Prince directed this musical and how Prince has a very colorful um direct broadway production and directorial career and in fact has already touched some of the topics we've talked about um he's a major director for sondheim um uh he did oh gosh why can't i it's it's left my brain um i know he did west side story he was the director for west side story he was the director for the original phantom of the opera there's a whole musical that came out a couple years ago that's kind of like a jukebox musical um, celebrating how Prince's career on Broadway, uh, featuring major songs from the different shows, um, he was a major hand in. Um, so I was stunned to see that he was the director for this. What I will from ever now refer to as the Superman musical. Yes, um, I I think you know we'll, we'll get more into this, but uh, I want to I want to start with the plot because um, this is another one similar to Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Now, this one doesn't go totally as off the rails as I think Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark is, but um, this one, of course, you have you know Superman, Clark Kent, who is, um, you know, he's doing good. And then you have, of course, Lois Lane that is working at the Daily Planet, and she... Is getting just, kidnapped. She just dreams of su- of of Superman all the time. She wants to be with Superman, and but uh, there's also a guy named Max who works. At, he's a 
theatrical columnist. How do you say his last name? Max, I couldn't figure that out. Menchkin? 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 I think it's Menchkin. Is the, is Max a character from? Because you're this is your domain. Is Max a character in canon comic book world, or is he created specifically for this musical? I believe. Because that was the thing I was wondering, and I was like, I could go look this up, but I was like, you know who's just going to know this off the top of his head is Matt, and here you are betraying me. No, but, he, he he is he is a a character, yes. And then um, was the doctor is the bad guy of this musical a character? Yeah, Sedgwick the... is. Um, uh, so like we don't have. <clears throat> my goodness, excuse me. Don't die. Um, we do have um um like comic book characters in this in this movie well actually i'm 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 gonna lie dr abner sedgwick is an original character to this i i should have researched this wow i didn't even think about this i, I think you would just know yes yeah, so, so no um um i'll be honest superman's not really my favorite um I, I think he's he's very much comes from an age of the original superhero where it was like i have no weaknesses Except this one thing that I sometimes don't have a weakness to. Um, so I just have never found Superman that interesting. But regardless. So yes, um, the, the villain in this is Dr. Abner Sedgwick. And he is a professor at the respectable MIT or Metropolis, Metropo, Met, Metropolis. Metropolis. That's really hard to say for whatever reason. Institute of Technology. Now, it is important that the big kind of linchpin plot points here all revolve around two things one a bunch of love triangle things because there's like three oh there's like there, there's like a love octagon or something like that where you have you have lois lane loves superman but she doesn't know obviously that superman is clark kent then you have max and he is in uh, love with Lois. Yes, he's in love with Lois. And there's also a lab assistant named Jim Morgan who also has a crush on Lois Lane. Well, and then there's Max's secretary yes, who's in yes. love with Clark Kent. Yes, so Max's secretary is in love with Clark Kent who, again, doesn't know uh, doesn't know that he's Superman. But and she's in love with specifically Clark. Clark, yes. And 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 he she attempts to change his square personality. This is what this says. So, And that's what You've Got Possibilities is about. Yes, yes. Changing Superman's or Clark Kent's square personality. So there you go. When you hear that in a club, you can nudge your significant other and go, hey, you know, this is about. (laughs) It's about Clark Kent being a nerd. (laughs) Yes. So um, basically, Lois is like, uh, you know, like whatever. But here's the one plot point that I read that got me. Superman who even though he's already saved her life 15 times, has yet to utter a word of endearment to her. Lois, why are you in danger 15 times? Like, I am 32 years old, and I cannot think of a situation that I have ever been in that I need, like, Superman to come and save me. You know why that is, right? Why is that? Because no, there's no, like, Doc Croc going out and kidnapping people. And like blowing up City Hall, like there's no Doctor Abner's. Well, I, okay. Also, can we really fast explain why Doctor Abner is upset? Because that that yes. threw me. Well, I didn't yes, realize that, there were the, losers to the Nobel Peace Prize. Yes, ten time loser of the Nobel uh, Nobel Prize, not Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> Probably science, I'm assuming. It like, and the way it was worded was like ten time Nobel Peace Prize loser. 
That's not peace. You, you keep putting peace in there. He's I not, will do what I he's want. He's not winning the Nobel Peace Prize. He's going for science. He, <laughs> he didn't win any prize, Matt. He wins nothing. It doesn't matter. He okay. lost all the prizes. Let's, let's be real here. If I was the runner-up for the Nobel Prize 10 times, that means I'm a freaking genius. <laughs> But not to not to Dr. Abner. He's yes, very upset. Dr. Abner him. just wants the bling. And he is very bitter. And so naturally, what does he decide to do? He goes, Well, I, I can't I can't win the Nobel Prize. So I'm just so, gonna kill Superman. So I'm going to destroy the world's symbol of goodness, Superman. <laughs> Natural jump there. So you have love triangle, love octagons over here, and then you have Dr. Sedgwick over here, and then in act two these things merge. And basically what happens is um, uh, uh, Dr. Sedgwick, uh, he, he like lures Superman into this place. I think it's the physics hall of MIT. Well, they name the physics hall after Superman and he's like, come hither and like be there for like the grand opening. And then he breaks out the bottom of the speaker's platform so that Superman has to focus on saving these individuals and while he is quote indisposed he blows up city hall to make him feel emasculated also apparently he did some weird psychological like not experiment but like used his ability to like talk him like essentially emotionally manipulate him so now he feels emasculated and sad um and sends him off into the world yes so um, and, and, uh, let's see, that is, I believe at the end of act. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's so, at the end of act one, because then the at end act, of act two, one. So Max Super, is like, Superman's Oh, been emasculated. Yeah. that's the intermission. <laughs> um, so then, uh, Dr. Sedgwick, I, th- well, this was kind of his, his re- original plan. Like, I'll oh, just emasculate Superman, destroy the goodness. It's all fine. He decides, no, 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 that's not good enough. I need to kill Superman. Um, it, it just just to be clear, there's no uh, reference to like kryptonite in this in this musical at all. No, uh, that would be a bridge too far. Yes. Come on, man. It is all uh, <laughs> uh, a newly invented computer and his knowledge of behavioral energy engineering of of how Dr. Sedgwick makes all this happen. So um, he has this plan. But in order to do this, he then the love the love octagon comes together where Max is like. He hates Superman because he's Lois writing Lane, articles about it. Yes, he's writing articles about it. He's like Superman's terrible, <laughs> and I mean, I'll be honest. You know, if City Hall gets blown up, and you kind of go like, "Yeah, Superman, what the heck, man?" Um, anyway, um, but uh, Superman can't detect bombs. <laughs> true. Like the reason. Okay, pause. The reason most superheroes, Batman, Spider Man. Iron Man. The real reason most of them stop bad things from happening, Matt, is because the bad guy says, I'm going to go do this bad thing. Catch me if you can. If you did it like Dr. Abner did and just hide a bomb in City Hall and bide your time and be like, oops, boom. It's like when Joker blows up the hospital in that one Batman movie. Like, Batman can't stop it if he doesn't know. Is Dr. Abner Sedgwick the greatest supervillain of all time? So far, because he holds his freaking tongue. (laughs) He shuts the F up. So, um, uh, yes. So, basically, Max then, uh, Mm kind of, he, he, um, joins forces with 
uh, Dr. Sedgwick. And Dr. Sedgwick doesn't want him at first. There's a whole musical number in which Max has to convince him. (coughs) Excuse me. I don't mute my mic when I have to cough. Matt's kind. I'm just like, listen to me. Um, listen to me dying. Um, That's the, you've got what I need. Yes. Yes. Um, or, or, yeah. And it's, it's all about Max trying to convince Dr. Sedgwick that I listened to most of the soundtrack and I believe I got to, you've got what I need. I'm never able to finish. I'm always trying to listen at work. And then people are like, Hey Chris, can, can you help me? And I'm like, no, can you work. <laughs> no, let, let me just work on planning things and listen to this musical in peace. I have a second thing I have to go and do. I don't have time to listen to your problems. To listen yes. to your questions. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so it, it, finally it happens, um, but Sydney um, becomes aware of this, and... Uh, she scolds and, Max, and yeah, in song. Him, tries to stop this. Um, in song. Anyway, basically, to achieve their... I don't really understand what Max brings to the table here, honestly. Like, it's not really not that clear. Because uh, to achieve their common goal, Max and Sedgwick have abducted Lois by an acrobatic team. So there's an acrobatic team involved. They hire, they hire an Asian acrobatics team, and one of those acrobatics is... They're, they're the Ling family, and one of the acrobatics' his first name is Ding. <laughs> no, it's Dong. <laughs> no, no, there's one named Ding Ling. No, it's Dongling. There's a second. I'm telling you, there's another no, one. I have it's Fatherling, Dongling, Tiling, Fanpoling, Mingfuling, and then I will give anybody twenty dollars if they can guess the other one. It is Joe Ling. <laughs> like Joe. Like Joe. I was like, I was, <clears throat> like the whitest name ever, Joe. I. Oh my god. Well, okay. so, what's fascinating about that? put a pin in the Ling family. We have to come back to them. But like, also like to me, it makes sense that Max would be involved because Max could be like, Oh, Lois Lane is Superman's greatest weakness. And I work with her, but then you get the Ling family involved and it's just so there can be an, a musical acrobatics number where they kidnap her. That's what that's about. It's for stage. I feel like with how, um, how much trouble Lois gets into and how much she talks about Superman, it probably wouldn't like, Take a rocket. Dr. Sedgwick seems smart enough that he could figure out that Lois Lane is the key to this. <laughs> Don't think he really needed our friend Max. Um, and okay, I have to say with the Ling family, because this is of course written in the 60s, this had to be a bunch of white guys that were like, all right, guys, we need some Asian names. <laughs> and and Well, and you know all the actors were probably white. Oh, I'm sure. With inappropriate lines. I, granted, I'm sure like sometimes probably pulls it off and like if you're if those are people these are people who were probably more hired as acrobatics and acting yes. was a secondary yeah. thing. Um my, my my favorite is the name of this final song, and that is Pow Bam Zonk. <laughs> yeah, the fight song, the big fight song where Dr. Sedgwick electrocutes himself. Yeah. Yes, doc- yes, Dr. Sedgwick, he's defeated. So they they go to a abandoned power station and As you do. You know, I mean that that sounds very villainy. I'm I'm I, I like the I like the setting. Good job, Sedgwick. He inadvertently electrocutes himself, and uh, Lois is of course safe. But before she, this is this is my favorite part about the end, where it says, "But before she has a chance to tell Superman how much she appreciates what he's done for her, he hurries off up, up and away, allegedly to stop a dangerous missile heading for Metropolis." To which I have way more questions about. And that's how the musical ends. That's how it ends. That's it. There's a missile coming for hopefully Superman can get it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I I think that makes sense for the 
the contents of what Superman was like, right? Like every issue is going to end you on a cliffhanger. Like what is Superman going to do next? Right. They could be like, there's a bank that's being robbed or they're like, Nope, a missile's coming for the city. (laughs) This, this was a wild like ride. And from what I can tell, it wasn't that it was necessarily bad. It had a good creative team behind it. It just wasn't well received by theater goers. Like they weren't like thrilled. We talked about this with Spider-Man. Like who's your audience? Like this don't match. I list like, and like I said, I listened to part of the soundtrack. Soundtrack ain't horrible. It is very 1960s, 1970s. Like the minute you told me who the composer, once I figured out who, what this composer's other work was, I'm like, yeah, that adds up. That yeah, clears. That makes sense. There's also a really weird, it sounds like a weird dance number song called It's a Bird, It's a Plane. Yes! <laughs> and like, I listened to it and I was like, what is this? Like, I was like listening, like everything kind of went over my head. Like I wasn't paying close attention. Like it all felt right. And then that happened. And I was like, what? There's also a weird song that Superman sings about being the man of steel. I will say I also was a big fan of their, I'm a, I'm a, I love a good overture and I love a good entreact. I love them. You know what is a good one, Matt, that I discovered when we worked together? Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn the musical has a killer entreact and overture. Like those slap. But that's beside the point. I showed that musical when we worked together. Yes, I remember. Yeah. And I discovered. You did the first half, I did the second half. Exactly. I discovered that Corbin Blue from High School Musical was He's in... still on Broadway. Yeah, he's doing great stuff. Um, he just did a a gender bend there's a thing called Broadway Backwards where they gender bend musical numbers and it's a big charity thing. And he did um Mine Hair from Cabaret. So he played ah, the, the the main I can't Sally. He did Sally's Mine Hair number. Um anyway, uh that's far off topic. Anyway, Superman. So yes. Yes. Um, so, um, again, like you said, this was well reviewed, but it just didn't catch on. Just didn't catch on. After three and a half months, this cost an unprecedented six hundred thousand dollars. Which, again, you have to put in context. This is nineteen sixty six, six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that equals now. So at, at the time, it was Broadway's biggest flop. But I, I, I do think you're and right. And then like, Spider Man came in. Say, <laughs> and then and then some other stuff came in. And then a different but, superhero showed up. But I, I do think that. You're right. It is um, just kind of I, I, I hear this all the time when people are starting businesses or um, you're, you're doing some type of creative product. I mean, this podcast is, is, is a question you could ask about. It's like, who is this for? And if you can't answer who is this for, then there's a less likely possibility that you're going to be successful because you would you would much rather target a certain audience rather than yeah we're just you know doing this for everyone like there's a certain audience that you want to try to target um, and sometimes I mean the more niche things are are sometimes more successful my sports writing I write for a site called Wisconsin Sports Heroics it it's a site that's dedicated simply to the state of Wisconsin sports and it's widely successful because it it knows what it's trying to be and it says this is this is who this is for if you like wisconsin sports this website is for you whereas another site that's like we're just a sports site and it's all sports it's like okay well that's going to be harder to catch on because it's not as niche of a of a like demographic matt what did we talk about last week we talked about um uh, uh breakfast at tiffany's 
Thank you. Because I was like, what was this show up against at the Tonys? And I was like, I've read this list recently. <laughs> Why? And it was yes. because we discovered this through Breakfast this. at Tiffany's. Ignore me. Um, I was like, what is happening here? Um, so yeah, three Tonys. So it was nominated for... Best, it was the Best Actors. Yes, best best performance by a leading actor in a musical, and that was Jack Cassidy, who I believe played Superman. Superman. Yes. No, oh, he played. Um, was that uh, Max? He, he played Max. Max. So he was very good as Max. Sid, and then I think it was, Sydney was the actress who played Sydney was nominated. Uh, or was it Lois? I thought it was Sydney. No, it was uh, Patricia. Yes, Lois, and then um, uh, uh, Doctor Abner. Oh, Abner. Sedgwick yeah. also, which. I'll be honest. It would be really fun to play like a good comic, like mad sciencey villain yeah. on Broadway. Um, just, you know, there's not too many parts for you anyway. Um, so yeah, like the, 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 the Tonys recognized this as a, you know, good Broadway production. And then they, they tried to revive it. So in 1975, um, ABC put out a TV special that, uh, uh, starred, uh, uh, What's this? Uh, David Wilson as uh, Superman and Clark Kent. The most and important thing is who was playing Lois Lane. Yes, that was um, Leslie, Leslie Ann Warren, Leslie Ann who Warren. was yes. the original Cinderella. Or not the original. She was, I think she was the first Disney Cinderella, like after animated, like Disney did a live action before Brandy, like in the 50s or 60s. And she was Cinderella. I think Julie Andrews was the first recorded, like there was a black and white. And I think that's... It was a TV film that she did. Um, yes, yes, yes. Cinderella. Yes, I see this. And it's and it's a Disney one. It was produced by Disney. And it's the Rodgers and Hammerstein's musical. But most importantly, Leslie and Warren played Miss Scarlet in Clue the movie. Ah, yes, of course. That's why I know who she is. But yeah, she was Lois Lane in the TV musical, which is slightly different. They changed a few songs and a couple plot points. Like the Ling family goes away and it's just gangsters. <laughs> which probably needed to happen um you know probably cheaper on the budget as well mm -hmm. um however this tv special uh uh doesn't really do well i mean look um, at the pictures it is the most low budget thing i've yeah. ever seen in my life <laughs> it's very low budget um the, the funny thing is like the one still <clears throat> image that i see is like the the image that they have of superman is him like is him like hunched over going oh <laughs> It's just, that's what it looks There's like. a picture on the it's Wikipedia like for this where Leslie Ann Moore and his Lois Lane just looks insane. And Superman is like standing there looking tired and his cape is like not straight. Like it's yeah. hanging off his shoulder real weird. Yeah. I'm like, what's happening here? Yeah. So <clears> it's um, like it poor reception. And then it's um, like had a couple revivals in terms of like. And some um, random big name stars showed up and it's done some in concerts and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah, well, again, because like you've got possibilities has kind of taken off. It, it, it tends to, it tends to come about when like you do like a Broadway potpourri collage type show. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it just seemed like this just didn't like this one does not have any fantastical story of you know no, why it, no one it got hurt, real. and that's the thing that I want to know. I want to know what were the superhero based stunts in It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman. Because it's not like there's a scandal where, like, I mean, Superman holds up a platform. Like, there has to be a flying stunt. There has to be. You can't. That, that's a big thing with, I mean, the whole musical is called It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman. That's the whole thing of, like, who's flying through the air. So, like, I'd be very interested. I wasn't able to find clips. I didn't look 
that hard. Um, but I, I should go look because I'm interested to see what this looks like um, from a, not from the film perspective, but from the original 1966 stage perspective. What did that look like? Um, now, the whole soundtrack's online. You can listen to the whole soundtrack, like I said. So that that's like, and I think that's it helps that it had a. Oh, a three can you month watch run. the entire TV special? I think oh, of course you can. can. That you totally can do. Um, and then on eBay, you can buy. What did you do? I'm watching this TV special. It's so bad. What part of it are you watching? It's so bad. Like Superman just like is is like. <laughs> are you watching it from the beginning? No. I just I just went to a random spot. <laughs> so you like bust this wall and there's like this electricity that comes back and is this bad special effects. And then he's like walking, like trying to get back to where the hole in the wall is. And then all of a sudden just like, bam, flashes on the screen. <laughs> well, I'm going to go look this up in a moment. <laughs> Take, okay, you just type in Superman Musical into YouTube and go to like the twenty, uh, like twenty-one minute mark. Okay, well, I'm being oh asked my gosh. Right anyway, while I pull this up, um, you can get um the the only like real like expensive thing like of Broadway nostalgia that you can get is um, what is? Sorry, I can't English anymore. Um, is the program? You can get the program for about sixty dollars, the original program, and. You can, like, the soundtrack, the vinyl, stuff like that. Um, Okay. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman TV. You said 20 minutes? So so just a Superman musical is what I typed into YouTube. Yeah, I got it. It should be, like, the hour and a half, like, first thing that comes up. An hour and a half, Mark. It says Superman... Well, this Colin, is towards the end. The 1975 musical. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Where where do I go? What timestamp? So you're going to uh, you're going to 21 21 minutes. Okay, there we go. Oh, this is he's with Doctor Abner. Why is he headbutting him? This makes for great internet uh, or a great podcast. Wow, that door. <laughs> the leap back was great. The leap back when he gets hit with the electricity, and then get ready for the random bam and pow to just like come on the screen. Oh, there's an explosion! <laughs> just it's it's the most low budget thing in the world, and it's so funny. <laughs> like, put a little I, butter on it when you get home. Like you and I could recreate this, like. In our house, you know, I gotta give you gotta give that actor credit because you know he wasn't acting with anything. Oh yeah, no, he's he's doing it. I mean, no, no, this is not anything about David Wilson. This is the production value of this. I, he did fine. It was um, pretty bad, y'all. Go watch it if you need if you, if you need to feel better about your life. Go watch this and remember that this happened. <laughs> I might have to watch that entire thing at some point just to. Do I need do I need to do a, a commentary of <laughs> Oh that you know what that's what we'll do. That'll be our special. That'll be our that'll be our um uh, The Man Who Saved Christmas. We'll watch Superman the musical and come back and <laughs> I actually don't hate this idea. Like And like, recap it. We could we could this could be our first YouTube video. We could Oh my gosh, record ourselves watching this. Ooh, yes. excuse me. That was a I made a big yawn. Uh, okay. Wow. So um uh 
Okay, so this one, I, I wanted to, I, I had this thought of, like, when I asked my question, like, should this come back? No. I do think that if you're going to do, a, this one works better than Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. The only reason it works better is because they weren't, no one died. <laughs> Yeah, okay, yes and no. I do think that just the nature of, you know, Superman is probably the most recognizable superhero in the world. True. That that everyone knows the Red S. Um, and, and I think, too, that someone like Dr. Sedgwick, Lex Luthor, like the villains are more grounded and less... Like Dr. Sedgwick is specific to this musical. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I understand. So, so like, you know, you know, a lot of Superman villains, except, you know, but I think that's something that is something that the Superman musical did that I'm happy with. Remember I said, I think it's a little bit bold to bring in the Spider-Man. Like you have to create a specific musical storyline and situation. And they did that. Yeah. Um, I think that was a good call in creating this show and the music is, I don't know. I just have a really, really hard time wrapping my head around a superhero-based musical. Like, that just doesn't click with me. I think as a parody, yes, that makes sense. That's great. Um, But as a, like, I don't think I can take Superman the musical seriously. Just like we talked about when we did Spider-Man with the campy Avengers show. Yeah. Okay, let let me give you a scenario. Okay. Could would you be more on board with an original superhero created specifically for Broadway, like not no comic book, no lore, that someone goes out and creates a show that is a superhero musical, but does not have any? It's you know, I don't know. Uh, 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 I'm trying to think of a just a superhero name off the top of my head. It's it's. Uh, Captain, Captain hairstylist and his, <laughs> I, I'm not good at this kind of stuff. Um, Captain hair, Captain hair. Yes. Good old whose line is it yeah. anyway? Um, but whatever it is, like it, there's an original superhero and, and they, he's created specifically or she, he or she is created specifically for this. You have specific new characters, new things. You write it specifically for Broadway. Would that be something you'd be like, I'd actually be kind of interested in seeing that. You're still on like the pass. I'm not into that. I'm kind of on the pass. Now, I have an idea based off of what you just said that does connect with me. And it would be, I like the idea. We talked about this with Breakfast at Tiffany's a little bit. I would be down with a musical where the main character was a comic book enthusiast, like a kid in high school. And this original superhero for the musical was like that invisible friend figure that guided their moral compass, that helped inspire them. This is very fun. I'm liking this. Right? And so there's there's, to me, there's just a weird camp I have a hard time taking, when you think of, I mean, Marvel's a little different. They get campy sometimes. But when you think like traditional Captain America, Batman, Superman, I don't think funny. Not anymore. Like if you think like Adam West, obviously, or something like that, right? Like you're going to get a couple ha-has out of that. But the way they've been built up now, these are very serious storylines. Like people cry. 
when they go and watch a Marvel movie, right? Like to me, there's a an element of camp in musicals that makes it again. It's a bird. It's a plane song. Like whoa. And then the other side of that spectrum is the Phantom of the Opera or the West Side Story, where all those songs are very ballady and they're really beautiful. And that to me doesn't connect with action-packed fighting. And that's not the musical that's going to draw me or a traditional superhero fan in. But I think if you went the route of like <laughs> the superhero isn't the focus and isn't it, it, real, is a superhero a su- is a good side character, like you yeah. said, like is is the moral compass. The um, it's similar to what I think like King George is for Hamilton, where he comes in in small doses, and mm-hmm. I mean he's real obviously, um, but just kind of like I nabs would, nabs that show and gives a nice little filler. And... I would give him more stage time than that. I'm trying to think if there's a good example out there in the world of what I'm of what I'm trying to think of here, but like <clears throat> the idea that you know, this person shows up and has scenes with the main character and like talks with them. And it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. I I can see what you're saying here. Like, and I I think it actually be an interesting, especially in like the modern, uh, the modern, uh, uh, content machine is pumping out a lot of inner conflict type things. Yeah. You could very easily do some type of inner conflict in this character where you had a superhero and a supervillain that were not real, but were battling. And there was a, you know, inner conflict Mm -hmm. that had to happen within this person's life. Or even like, there's something here. If like the superhero, mentality guided this main character figure to do something that ended up being bad. And there's this moment, there's a song where the superhero becomes a supervillain. Ooh. See where I'm going with that? And oh, there's man. there's this flip where you know, I feel like the point of the God, someone's gonna do this, I'm gonna sue. I'm gonna sue so hard. You're like, on the record right I'm now. I'm on the record. But like the point of the story is is this idea that like there is no one all encompassing good. Right, mm. um, and that—that's almost the driving. Are we going to write a musical and become Tony Award-winning? Get me out of my job. Get, <laughs> li- get take take me to the tone. We we've tried this before. We've had harebrained schemes. We were going to build a board game. Now we're going to write a musical. That's not dead. I'm I'm still I'm still saying that's alive. I I'm invested about- in it. I think that what we we can't tell anyone because they're going to steal it because yes. it's still unique. I go to my local board game store all the time. I buy far too much. <laughs> what we conceptualized yes. is a popular style. The theme I've never seen on a shelf. Exactly. So maybe there's for- a reason for it. Yep. But so we are going to be board game creators, podcasters, and, bro- and Tony award winning Broadway. And you know what? It's kind of my goal now to be a 10 time loser of the Nobel prize. I don't care which Nobel prize, but I'm going to lose it 10 times. What if, what about the bell prize? I guess I guess here's here's the question. Am I technically a 32-time Nobel Prize loser? No, cuz you haven't done anything. You haven't done research that was nominated. Oh, so you have to be nominated to be a loser. So, if you're just not nominated, what are you? Okay, well that would be like me saying I've lost the Super Bowl <laughs> 30 years in a row. True. True. If I didn't compete, if I didn't put forth research or if I didn't show up, you know, like that's like okay, saying I, like 
get what you, you're saying. If you trained to enter the Olympics and then don't get into the Olympics, you didn't lose the Olympics. You didn't even get in. You lost to the trials. Okay. Correct. Okay. I'm 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 back on board here. Um. So yeah, we'll just you know this is how we're gonna get rich quick, or not so quick. No, that's that's not quick. <laughs> Do you remember moose murders? This isn't going quick. <laughs> uh. So okay. So we we've get, we have the plot. We just need to you know. Flesh it out and write some, like, you know, what, 18 songs? Well, you're going to need to be the composer because I'm not musically inclined. I can write the lyrics probably. I can, I'm can. i creative with writing, but I'm not, I can't do the music. Okay, okay. Well, you know, who knows? It's a bird. It's a plane. Hush. It's a bird. Oh, my God. We're not doing it in the 60s style. We're doing it in like a, I don't know, what would this be? A rock ballad? Like Spider-Man, turn off the dark. <laughs> oh God! I don't know what it would be. It would be very modern. It would it would fall within the the bounds of like a Dear Evan Hansen, but maybe more uh, uplifting music. Yeah, except it would take a turn in the middle when super supervillain would take over. I think that would be the end of Act One. The end of Act One would be that this kid does something that he he or she thinks would be good. It turns out horrible, and. At the end, there's this quick change. Like, the superhero has to be, like, overhead, like, hanging like they're flying. And there's a quick change pull where their outfit changes color. And all of a sudden, they're the bad guy. And it goes dark. It's blackout. Yeah. All right. You know. This is a really great idea. I don't... I'm far too busy right now, but... (laughs) You know, sometimes I have slow days at work. You never know what can happen. You'll write a musical. Just write a musical. What what a what a world that would be if I just wrote a musical while I'm sitting on my desk. And I think we'd call it we'd call it oh we'd I ooh I have two titles. It's either it's either just super or hero. I like super. Like in nice comic book font. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. We've we're we we got something cooking here. Um. Anyway, uh, anything else before we end the tour? <laughs> no. Why don't you tell them how they can be superheroes to us? Yes. If uh, you would like to be a superhero to us, uh, look no further than our email, discontinuedondisplay at gmail.com. Uh, Twitter at discontinuedpod. Instagram at discontinuedondisplay. Uh, as always, rate and review us. Five stars, five stars. And uh, today's show is brought to you by Magical Memories by Casey Williams. <laughs> I'm still going to do it every every time. time. I'll make today shorter. If you're looking to plan your next Disney universal, all inclusive resort vacation, hop on sorcerer network, hop on caseywoolly.com. Uh, uh, you'll find his information there in all seriousness, guys. Uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, all joking aside. He really, he really does good work. We'll help you plan. So definitely go check him out. Um, yeah, we are, this is the halfway mark of the season here. So we're halfway done, uh, with, with a season, I believe I officially named this as season six. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Pow, zonk, bam, (laughs) we're done. (laughs) I don't, uh, yeah, sorry. I tried to, I had my phone and I put, tried to put it in my bed and it, and it springed off and it was really distracting. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's, it's my the, phone. It's, it's the end of this podcast.
Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.